tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined in the Indians press box here at Progressive Field by Paul Hoynes. Paul, we took a little break for the All-Star game. We come back and we're in the middle of a pennant race. I know. It's crazy. They're like, what have they won, 27, 27 and 11 since June 1st? Or, you know, some outrageous number like that. They, I think they've, you know, they've, uh, they, they came out of the gate in the second half playing very well. Uh, they're getting contributions up and down the lineup. They're, they're in the wild card. They're in, and they've, you know, reinserted themselves back in the race in the division. And it's all thanks to playing this many games against the Detroit Tigers, I think. Uh, 11, 11 wins in a row, uh, sweeping the Tigers in a four-game series. If the Indians could play Detroit every game, uh, they'd, they'd be in first place. You're not kidding. It's uh, the poor Tigers. Jeez, oh, man. They, I mean, they're rebuilding. They're really re- rebuilding. And then, God, Joe, I mean, this is... If you're if you're a Tiger fan, you're looking. I mean, this yeah, everyone talks about the Houston rebuild. You know, mm-hmm. do it in four, five, six years. This looks like an eight-year project. Well, I mean, well, with the Houston rebuild, you did it in four or five years, but you made something that sustained itself for three, four years and is built for the future. And they've still got young guys coming. Detroit's got nothing right now, and they're saddled with four more years of Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Who you know? Hey, he had a, he had, a, had a knock tonight, but wow, he just does not look like he doesn't look like the same. He doesn't even scare you anymore. No, no, not doesn't. You see rookie pitchers getting him out. It's it's crazy. Well, uh, a lot lot to to chew on here tonight uh, as as we we look out over the uh, the outfield grass at Progressive Field. Uh, just thinking about Trevor Bauer and his performance tonight. Trevor Bauer was angry in his post-game press conference. He was not happy with himself, but he still gave the Indians six and two-thirds, struck out ten, put him in a position to win a ball game. And it's not not what he wanted to do out there. He says he's he's not missing barrels every every time he gets uh, gets something barreled up. It's going out of the park, and and that's true. He's given up a lot of home runs lately. Yeah. But Trevor Bauer still competes out there, and he still puts you in a position to win almost every night. Uh, this is a guy who's still getting talked about as a potential trade chip for the Indians. We know that he's going to command a, a salary between 18 and $20 million in, in arbitration next year. The Indians can't afford that. Teams know it, and it, it would seem like this would be the time to move him. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's really an interesting uh, dilemma. Um, you know, do you trade your best starting pitcher when you just get back in the race when you're when you're playing probably as as well as anybody in baseball uh and you're and if you do that you're you're leaving your rotation in a lurch because you don't know about Kluber you don't know about Carrasco uh is Mike Clevenger ready to to uh you know be the number one guy is is Shane Bieber you know uh what you know the the dominoes start falling and and when you know and you know you got Danny Salazar lurking but jeez i just think i i i don't know what the fan reaction would be if if you trade this guy but like you said joe i mean are they going to pay him 20 million dollars next year no they're not going to that, that it is plain as they're not going to pay him 20 million dollars and if you don't trade him now you're not going you're get, not going to get anything at the end of the season for him right i mean you might get i mean you're going to get a, something obviously a prospect or something but you you could hold him ransom for for a lot more right now against a contender but do you want to trade him to Houston do you want to trade him to New York do you want to trade him to 
you really want to train him to the National League. That's where you want to send him. But the teams that could give you what you need, like a Seattle that's got Domingo Santana sitting there, and and Trevor Bauer would love to go to Seattle. That's that's where he works out in the offseason. That's right. yeah, that'd be a perfect yeah. fit for him. But what's Seattle's motivation to take on $20 million next year when they're in a rebuild as well? You you mentioned the, the reaction the fans would have if they trade a Bauer. I'm more worried about the reaction in the clubhouse if they trade Bauer. Yeah. What's that message that you send to that team, to Francisco Lindor? And that's a big one right there. What's the message you send Frankie if you trade Bauer and say, okay, well, we're going to try and go with Bieber and Clevenger and maybe Kluber if he's back healthy as our top three guys, I I don't know. You, you're you're damning yourself in any sort of hopes for signing Frankie long term. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's a widespread thing. I mean, it, it 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 goes in a lot of different directions: fan base, clubhouse. You know, how do you keep the clubhouse together if you trade your best if your best starter? And just from a competitive standpoint, I mean, you're in the wild. You're half what half game out of the mm-hmm. wild. Maybe I think they're back into second wild card because uh, Minnesota beat Oakland uh, tonight. So uh, you know, I think you're, you're they're in the second wild card by a half game. Uh, you know, and and I, you know, I hate talking about the wild card now. It's not even August, and you know the thing. You know that that the, changes so often. It's like people change their socks. They aren't just. Back in the wild card, they now lead the. They're they're in now position for a home game in the wild card by a game on Oakland and Tampa Bay. Wow. Tampa Bay can't beat New York. Yeah. So I, they they Tampa Bay is to New York what Detroit is to Cleveland this year. Uh, so they lost today, and Oakland apparently Oakland lost to. They had a lead. Come on, man. Yeah, Come the, on, man. The twins scored like five oh. runs in the last two innings. Ah, oh, jeez. All right. Well, right now, as we as we record this, the Indians sit a game up in the wild card in first place. So, so I mean, you know, and the thing is, how much stock do you put in the wild card? You know, do do you go all in on the wild card and it's a one game, you know, crapshoot? And if 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 you if you do if you go all in and and you you know you keep Bauer and and you you add something else and bang, you're gone in one game. You know, that's that's another thing that you, that you really got to think. But about. you know what? You could you could set it up so that Bauer's your your starter in that one game and you give him the opportunity that he didn't get last year that he wanted more than anything. And I think that that's. You know that's a good recipe there, but yeah, and and that's that's a good point, Joe. Because let's say you know you get in the wild card, you got Bauer, you go Bauer three innings, you bring in Clevenger, piggyback him, you know two more innings, and then you got Hand, you know, in that bullpen waiting, and then maybe you bring Bauer back in if you win it in the division series, you, you don't have to wait till you know game right. three or four. Maybe you can bring him back in game two. Right. So you know it. I mean you. There's a lot of enticing things here about keeping Bauer, and there's a lot of things that that you know would suggest if you're a frugal owner or if you're a, you know kind of business minded that hey you better get the most you can for him at at this moment. Right, and and we can sit here and see that his value is never going to be higher than it was than it is right now, but. The Indian. We don't know what the Indians' plan is. We we don't know what Antonetti, what his orders are from on high in terms of spending and all that. So, you know, we don't know, and we can't can't. We don't want to make a guess, but 
Uh, if you were a betting man right now on August 1st, is Trevor Bauer a member of the Cleveland Indians? I think he's gone. I, I really do. And I, I don't know how that's – and I, you know, I, 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 I have a – my gut feeling says the reaction is not going to be well good. Yeah. You know, they – it seems like they've turned the fans on. They've had that all that momentum from the All Star game, uh, and uh, if you if you trade Bauer now, I think you know you pull the ripcord on this thing. Yeah, they're four games into a stretch of fourteen in a row against teams with less than five hundred records. Yeah. Uh, this is the time when they should be making money and making moves. You know, in that division race, I I agree with you. I don't think he's he's here. Uh, and I think it, it's going to be very, very touchy. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, but and then you hear, you know, like you talk to different people, and a lot of people say there's no way they can trade him. They'll burn the stadium down if if they trade him. Or, or you know, you hear more more and more on you know the national writers saying, you know, what we keep hearing, you know, they're not going to trade him now. So I, I mean, they're they're really stuck in a yeah, between a rock and a hard part. place. I, hey, I I said in the off season, I said back in December that they should have traded him in the offseason when they could have gotten a boatload of prospects yeah. and, and stuff for him because he was he was riding a, a, a hot, lot higher potential uh, at, at that point. You could have gotten more for him in the offseason, and I think they tried. I, I really do think yeah. they tried. So, all right, uh, you know, moving away from Bauer, uh, the, the, the offense has bounced back and bounced back in a big way lately, and it's all really thanks to Jose Ramirez. Uh, really since uh, in the last three weeks, the last 19, 18, 19 games, uh, Jose Ramirez is tearing up. Uh, he had a home run tonight, big home run, three uh, three runs batted in against Detroit. Basically, you know, saved Trevor Bauer, uh, you know, after after the, he'd given up the lead. Uh, Jose looks like a completely different player. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, and Joe, it's, it's, so, it's, so, it's so good to see him just, you know, driving the ball instead of you know yanking it and trying to that uppercut swing. He's he's hitting line drives now. He's you know he's hitting line drives the opposite way. He's, he looks like uh, the you know Jose Ramirez from two years ago. I mean you know he, you know the, before he got enamored with the home run. Uh, I think he's 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 you know he's hitting singles. He's using his speed. You know when he gets on base, he's stealing bases. Uh, you know, I don't think he has to hit 40 home runs for this team to win. You know, and I think that got in his head, and that really kind of played a, a part in that slump that started last August. So, you know, this is this is good to see. And you know, Francona, you know, <laughs> he kept saying he kept running him out there. I mean, this guy's probably got more at bats than anybody mm-hmm. on the team, mm-hmm. and he was hitting below 200 for you know the majority of the season almost, right. almost, almost through the end of May. Yeah, and. Uh, so you know, when your manager believes in you, that goes a long way. But you know, you can believe in a guy, and and he still ends up on a bench. But Francona, you know, has a, had the confidence to put him in the lineup. He had, and basically had nobody else either. Right. And I think he had the support of the front office too. And uh, so it's a you know, when you have the, an organization that's committed to one guy, you know, uh, it, it it it's a whole different thing. Even. You know, with a with a two time All Star that didn't look like, hasn't looked like an All Star for much of this season. Two, uh, he had a ten game hitting streak for Ramirez uh, in the last nineteen games, batting three forty seven, four home runs, fifteen RBIs. Uh, really, that it's the extra base hits he has. What 
five five games in a row now, five six six straight games with an extra base hit. That's the Jose Ramirez yeah. that they needed. The guy that, that hits guy. forty doubles well, a year, and that that was the thing. What what was making Jose such a dominant player in twenty seventeen and most of twenty eighteen was the high OPS on base, extra bases, high slugging, and that's what he's getting now, and that's what he's getting back to. And it's right, it, it, he's not trying to hit home runs, but he's he's cracking doubles and he's running the bases, and he he looks that much more like the Jose of old, and and that's really been the difference. That you know that and playing the Tigers four times. <laughs> yeah, that, that's he, he likes he, make, he likes to hit against the Tigers. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, and, and you know that sort of carries over into the whole idea of this lineup. Uh, they're getting contributions top to bottom, uh, particularly the bottom of the lineup lately. Uh, Tyler Naquin has come back and he's healthy now. And a healthy Tyler Naquin is, I believe he had a streak, uh, it was snapped tonight, uh, four or five straight games of multi-hit games. You know, yeah. more than one hit in a game. And he's he's slapping the ball the other way. He's getting on base. He's making things happen from the bottom of that lineup. Yeah, I mean, and that's, uh, you know, it's... You look at this this outfield, and you know it's always kind of a mishmash of guys. There's guys going and coming, and like Tyler Naquin is kind of the uh, poster boy for that. Kind of, you know, a guy that you know, former number one pick, but he doesn't hit for a lot of power. He's been hurt a lot, but when he gets in the lineup, you know, he's he's just been, you know, he's finally healthy, like you were saying, and he's just consistent. You know, mm-hmm. he just he just seems like he. You know, you, you kind of forget him, forget about him a little bit, and you know he he's been driving the ball. He's played great defense, uh, you know, and he's and he's playing almost every day. So, uh, you know, I think that's you know he's kind of uh, symbolic of that whole outfield where you know you've got Oscar Mercado in center, you've got Luplo, and sometimes the, you know Bowers in left, and uh, there's just uh, a lot of different pieces. You don't. You you know they're, they're not really well known players, but you know they like you said they've they've all been they've all been you know contributing. And you know this sort of says something about Naquin and the way he's contributed lately. Matthew Boyd is a tough left hander. He's 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 good. He's another one being talked about in all these trade rumors. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Boyd's a tough left hander. Tyler Naquin started tonight against that left hand. He started pretty much the last two or three nights against left handers. Tito's got confidence in yeah. him to go out there and at least make something happen. He said, Tito said, you know, from at bat to at bat, he might watch three fastballs go by him, and then the next at bat, he gets a first pitch fastball and drives it out of the park. Uh, what did he call it? He calls it survival instincts. Survival instincts, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tyler Naquin, people are going to laugh. They're going to, oh, Tyler Naquin. Oh, Tyler Naquin is a big reason why the Indians are within four games of the, the Twins in the Central right now. You know, like uh, Lindor was saying, this was a while ago, he goes, uh, you know, after they made all the moves and got rid of, you know, the bigger the bigger names on this team, he goes, you know, you don't have to have big names to win. You just have to have, you know, 25 guys that that perform. You know, that, I mean, you can have like a, a star or two, but if you have like 15 to 20 guys that perform day in and day out, that do what they have to do, that get along, you can have a you can have success as a team. And I think that's what we're seeing right here. Jason Kipnis mentioned in his post-game comments tonight, uh he said, you know, as long as everybody's pulling the rope in the same direction or whatever, uh, guys like Frankie and and Carlos Santana and Jose Ramirez, those are the guys 
who who are going to drive you in. If the rest of the guys in the order get on base, make things happen, they're going to score runs, and that's what they've been doing. Uh, let's uh, take a little uh, take a second here to talk um, about those sort of the the unsung guys, the the rookies. The this is a team that got a lot younger, not just in the off season, but it's gotten a younger during this season, like you mentioned. They cut uh, Leonis Martin loose. Um, they gave the, the center field job to, to Oscar Mercado. Uh, we've seen contributions from Zach Plesak sort of out of nowhere yeah. uh, coming up and, and unexpectedly uh, you know, being very solid in the rotation. They got a spot start from Aaron Savali, who came in, and he was, he was excellent. Bobby Bradley comes up, and he can hit a 475-foot home run. Right. Uh, just got to make a little better contact. Yeah, got got to do a little better job. But he got a taste, and, and we got to see basically what the future is going to be yeah. at first base and and in the in the middle of that lineup with Bobby Bradley. So you know, by the end of this season, who's your Indians Rookie of the Year? There's there's three or four candidates yeah. there, but uh, you know, who do you think by the end of this season will have contributed the most to the success of the? Or failure of this team. Uh, that's a good question. I, you know, I've got to go with um, Oscar Mercado. I think he's, you know, we saw him in spring training. He had the great spring, hit 400 there. Went to Columbus, took, you know, kept it going, and he's come up here. And you know, there's some, been some stops and starts. You know, like like most rookies. Uh, but like you said, they they, you know, they DFA'd Martin. They opened center field for him, and he's, you know. He's you know kind of ridden the wave a little bit up and down, but you know he's a, he's a good looking player, Joe. And uh, I can't believe St. Louis let him go. I mean, how many outfielders do they have in St. Louis? They've done they keep doing is what Tommy Pham and mm-hmm. all those guys, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right. So, uh, um, uh, but I think he's he's played really well. I think he's you know he's fit into that number two spot really well. Uh, right behind Lindor, he can run, he can steal a base. Uh, you know, he's had some problems in center field, but you know, I, it's not. It, they're all on difficult balls, all on that same ball hit yeah, right over his head. Line drive right at his head, though, and just I, like the one Polanco hit. And he'll figure that out. Yeah, uh, it's a tough one to figure out. I, you know, I, I would go with Mercado as well. I, I do like what Plesac has brought to the table for this this rotation. Uh, Nobody expected him to come in and and just earn that spot, and and, and, and he really has. Uh, he, that's not even talking about the pickoffs. He's got five five. He leads the major leagues in pickoffs. He's got the best feet of any pitcher that uh, the quickest feet of any pitcher that Tito's seen ever. That's saying a lot considering the baseball that Tito has seen. Yeah, he's seen uh, a lot of pitchers. That it's pretty impressive for a rookie to come up, and it, that's that's one of those things you can't explain. No, yeah, I mean, and, totally and, and he's so confident. You know, he yeah. doesn't look doesn't get rattled. I mean, uh, you know, you talk to him, and he's, you know, he's kind of he's got pretty level headed. He's mm-hmm. he just like looks like he belongs. He just walked in there and, and looked like he belonged. He's a, he's a lot like Shane Bieber. Uh, yeah, from same draft much, class, same draft class, and. And just sort of cut from the same mold, and that leads us into a discussion of obviously we we didn't really get a chance to talk about uh, the All Star Weekend, but uh, you, you had Shane Bieber circled as your All Star Game MVP uh, before the before the weekend came to, to town, right? Everybody did, right? That was, was sort of the way that that goes. I, I'm I'm still not a hundred percent sure on how uh, how they arrive at Shane Bieber as the 
All-Star Game MVP for pitching one scoreless inning. But uh, I'm, I'll take it. It, it works. That's yeah. fine by me. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of was checked out who was voting on this, mm-hmm. but it turned out that it was the guys MLB International, uh, Fox, uh, the official score. I mean, there was all you know MLB oh, okay, fans. Okay, I don't okay, well, know who they were. We know the official score. We know yeah, Chad yeah. Broski, the official score. Yeah, so that's one vote yeah. for Bieber. That's that, but, but that's in many, the bag. But if there's a two million fans voting, how many votes does that count? You know, I, I, I think that voted that counted as one component out of the five votes oh, okay. for him. So so if he won the fan poll, which Indians Twitter is pretty infamous for uh, stuffing the the ballot. Yeah, they they can they can get Shane Bieber a vote for the All Star Game MVP, but they can't get Francisco Lindor voted as a starter, which <laughs> blows my mind. But you know, uh, so yeah, I, I you know we we're sitting there watching this this go down, yeah, and, and that was and that we was didn't an, know what was going on at yeah. the end of the game. It was it was confusing at the end, but that moment. You know when he walked off the mound after striking out, uh, you know three consecutive batters. Uh, that was pretty special. That that's yeah. one of those ones where you you know you think about it in in twenty years and twenty five years we're going to be looking at you know highlight reels of of this All Star game and and whatnot, and we'll remember that that moment for a long time. Yeah, it was such a cool crowd too. It was a. Uh... You know, usually at the All-Star Game, you know, the tickets are so spread out all over Major League Baseball, you don't really get a hometown feel at, at the park. But that sounded like, oh. you know, a game against, in, you know, in, on an August weekend where yeah. the dollar dog nights. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, let's go Beaver, let's go Beaver. And, you know, it, that was cool. And Hand comes in there and, it, and you know, the, the, uh, you know the, the cheers for, you know, the Indians for, Four All Stars and, and Francona for, and for Brantley as and well. Brantley, it it was. Uh, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better. I don't no. think just from talking to uh, you know the major league um, major league officials. We were talking to the commissioner mm-hmm. at the BBWA meeting. He complimented Cleveland. He, I, was, I, he was effusive in his praise of Cleveland. And I've been to a lot of those, and uh, you, know, I I can't remember you know the, the commissioner going out of his way to you know thank the host city, and I mean. And, uh, you know, I just think, uh, you know, somebody told me it was the ideal, you know, this is the way they should always do the, the, uh, the all-star game. Well, good. Bring it back every year. We're fine. <laughs> no, we'll, no, we'll, no. we'll take those dollars. That'll be great. <laughs> no, the only people who, who, who don't love having this event here every year would be the, other, would be the writers that cover yeah, the, yeah. the hometown team. It's a pain in the rear end for them. But for everybody else, it's like a vacation. It's it's cool. It, it, but it was really fun. fun. No, Playball it's... Park was fun. Uh, everything, and I think pretty much the the highlight, the biggest moment of the weekend was that that stand up to cancer moment. That's that's oh something that that usually it feels very contrived. They do it in the yeah. World Series. They do it in the in the, at the All Star Game every year. It, it usually feels very contrived and forced and put together. Then you roll out the Indians players with Carlos Carrasco on the field. And I, I got goosebumps yeah. just mentioning it, just thinking about it right now. Uh, you can't overstate uh, how important a moment that was, not just in baseball, not just to Major League Baseball, but to the Indians specifically. And for anybody in that clubhouse that saw that moment or felt like they were a part of it, it it's got to be you know something that, that they're going to carry with them for a long time. Yeah, that was... Uh... I mean, I, I was, it was so unexpected. I, that was I, the last guy I thought expected to see out there was Carrasco. I just mm-hmm. I don't know why, you know. And and it was so moving, you know. It was so uh, it was just so real, you know. We've all, 
you know, everyone, I think, uh, has been affected by cancer. Some some part of their family, mm-hmm. you know, themselves, or they know someone that, that's that's battling this disease. And then you see, you know, uh, you know, an athlete in his prime that's, you know, all of a sudden is dealing with the same thing everybody else is. And he, you know, God love him. You know, I mean, he, right. I... I don't know if I could have done that. I I try to put myself in that yeah, position, I, and uh, I just think it's teammates. You know, you see Lindo with his arm around him, and Santana putting his arm around him, and uh, that was that was that was the that was the best moment of the weekend for me, or yeah. the whole the whole the whole experience. Yeah, that sure. was great. Yeah, that that, that I mean that takes that takes a strength that that I don't know if I, if if I that I've seen anything like that before. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we mentioned Carrasco, uh, Kluber earlier. Um, let, let's just really quickly run down uh, a couple of updates on where these guys are. Kluber's back on the mound throwing. Uh, by Sunday, he's expected to, to have a, another bullpen yeah. and, and maybe go maybe go beyond 20 pitches yeah. at, at some point. And they seem to, you know, I think as long as that bone's healthy, you know, and, and his he didn't lose much, you know, what do they call that? Anthro- uh, uh, your, when your muscle, I mean, atrophy. Yeah, when you atrophy. His, his but, muscles do atrophy. Yeah, and uh, so as long, I think, you know, they're, they're they're pretty confident he can come back. I mean, this is just going to be like a spring, spring training, training too. Yeah, you know, and and uh, it's going to take a while, and maybe he's not back till late August, but you know, hopefully, you know, he's ready for the stretch drive, or hopefully they stay in this race. Well, and remember what they did with him in spring training; they held him back. Yeah. For a while, and and they built him up late, so he doesn't have a lot of wear on that arm, right. or didn't prior to the injury. Uh, you know that there there should be, and and what what Tito mentioned, there there's a hope there that there's going to be something left in that tank, and a little bit more in that yeah. tank after missing a couple of months here like this. Uh, uh, Salazar now is. On a five day yeah, plan, five he's, day he's, plan uh, he's pitching. He went three innings in his last outing uh, with with Akron. That was uh, Tuesday, or no Wednesday? Wednesday. So he'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday again. Sunday or Monday, right? So and, and you know it's kind of an intriguing thing, Joe. I mean, what if you could use this guy as an opener? If if cool. if they ever needed an opener, <laughs> I don't know if that that need arises. But if you you know you can bring him in and throw for two the first two innings of the game, mm-hmm. and then maybe you go with Kluber or you know even if Carrasco comes back, and then you could you know you bring in that bullpen and you've got hands sitting back there. I mean, you know that's that's I mean. My- my only problem with that that as a plan is, you know, ninety percent of what ails Danny Salazar is between his ears half the time, anyways. So if you do bring him back out, the first two innings might not be the best two innings to yeah. to throw him. But see, he wants to start. I'm sure he. Wants. Uh, I know he doesn't want to pitch in the bullpen. Hey, so so this what? this this will fool him. You know, this. Hey, you're starting. You're going two innings. He wants Don't to do, go strike he, out ten guys and let. Or he wants to guys? do anything but eat rallies from uh, you know Glendale, Arizona. That's, That's right. He wanted to move out of there. That, that he just wanted to be in an address other than you know <laughs> the, west the of desert. Phoenix. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and and so yeah, great. He's he's back. He's in Akron. That's and so that's we'll see. Nice. And then, yeah. I'm, it's kind of interesting that they haven't really given us reports on his velocity, though. You know, you know, Tito said no, there weren't any reports on his velocity. I talked to a couple other guys. His velocity is is. Uh, 
growing in consistency. So, you know, Salazar always blew people away. He's, okay. He was throwing, you right. know, 95, 96, 97. And so, I, I, you know, that that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And he's he's far enough out from so, shoulder surgery yeah. to, to have that velocity back. He should be able to back. let it go. He should have velocity back. So, all right. So we've wrapped up All-Star Game. We've talked about injuries. The, the lineup's back. Jose's back. Can, can it get much better? Write this date down, July eighteenth, July nineteenth. It does it get much better than this? If it, the Indians have what ten games left uh, before they come home to face Houston on on the next homestand, that's really sort of when that when when things start to tighten down in in terms of the schedule, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and who are they playing? They've got I mean, Kansas KC City, comes in. Toronto, and Kansas City. Yeah, and and you know so. Hopefully they get these guys. I mean, they keep winning. I mean, you can't you can't run the table even during a streak like this. So, right. I mean, you're going to lose some games. But right, I, I seem to I seem to recall somebody saying you can't win 22 games in a row. That's, I, that's right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this is the team. What 14 the year before the year before that? Then they win a 22 straight. So I guess you know that, that's possible. But it's uh, second half. It's Tito. You yeah. don't, don't rule it out. The second half, you're all right. The Wotito, yeah. All right, guys, uh, we'll be back with another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast uh, next Thursday, and we'll hope to hear from you then.